As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi there, this is From the Rookery End and this is Adam Leventhal, the Watford correspondent for The Athletic. On this edition, I have been joined by Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, Adam. And DCW, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm well enough. I'm well enough. I'm okay. Um, how are you, more to the point, after your, uh, your very long and ultimately forlorn trip to Burnley? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit jaded. I'm a little bit jaded, but then you sort of you have to check yourself, don't you? And you think, well, there's a lot of people in far more difficult situations than I have been. I've, I've driven up to uh, Burnley. Yes, it took me a long time, and I did get the news literally the minute that I just turned off the motorway. I had the brown sign saying Turf Moor right. I was staring at it as I was being told, yeah, the game's off, mate. All oh, right, okay, yeah, fine. That Well, that's fine. So I, I headed to the ground. Um, I don't know, it sort of felt almost like a, a spiritual thing. Even though I knew that the game was off, I had to just yeah. go there just to see that it was that it was true. And I, I went to the media entrance and things like that, and they were like, no, sorry, mate, you can't come in. So I thought, oh, I can't even go and see the pitch. I, c- I couldn't even go in. Um, so, yeah, you, you, I mean, I posted that thing on, on social media when I got up there, and I was obviously very frustrated. But And I mentioned it at the time. Your sort of, your, your mind's quickly goes on to the people that have actually been impacted either within the Watford squad who've been going through a sort of a, a difficult time and a, a pretty arduous day being locked in their hotel rooms and things like that but also for all the away fans and many of them will be listening um, to have spent the entire day going all the way up there maybe taking a day off work maybe you know pulled a fast one on their bosses and things like that and then they're thinking oh god we've got to go all the way back but seemingly Seemingly, some people might have had. It might be a story that they will tell people in the future, and you know, it's all part of life's rich tapestry. But obviously, there was, um, you know, some logistical problems that had to be dealt with, and we'll dig into that on this this week's edition, um, this midweek edition, which happens at a time where everyone, I think, is thinking, hmm, 
feel like we've been here before. Feel like we're sort of a little bit of a cliff edge as far yeah. as football is concerned. It does feel is like that, that. Yeah, are you sort of feeling that way at the moment, both of you? Yeah, I am. I am a little bit. And I, well, you know, I think everyone is, and it's understandable to a degree because the situation has changed across the country, not just in football, but across the country so rapidly, really this week. You know, in the in the space of the last seven days or so, especially the last two or three days, with the case numbers absolutely skyrocketing, I think anecdotally, it, it certainly seems to me, I don't know if you two are the same, that I, I've never known more people who are close to me and whatever, friends and family and colleagues who have tested positive or have who have COVID. And, it, you know, it just feels like, you know, and, and so you know, football is is not is not immune to the issues that the country is facing. It did a very good job of sort of secluding itself and bubbling itself up, first time round and throughout Project Restart and all that stuff. And and last season when there wasn't any fans, and it did a good job of kind of avoiding some of the ups and downs that maybe other people and other sectors have had. But at the moment, the situation is is kind of you know just rapidly changing, and. Football has been football. It's no surprise to me that, that football has been affected because the virus is clearly out there, clearly moving very fast. And these players are normal people. Like they've got families, they've got kids, they go to schools, they pick their kids up from school, they they are going to the shops, and you know their their partners and their families. They'll be mixing with all of them. So it's 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 you know I have I have great sympathy really for anyone who's been affected by it directly, and and anyone who's having to deal with it from a football club operationally as well. It's, it must be an absolute nightmare. The state of play feels doubly precarious because obviously there's the there's the health issue and the, and the players and the staff and and supporters as well has to be has to be taken into account. So the the rapid spread of the um, of the virus is obviously a, a huge huge concern. But I think it feels doubly uncertain because if you add into that the the plan b restrictions or whatever you want to call them in terms of um football clubs having to now deal with uh with tests i mean we may have over even overtaken that that update but obviously if, if the game against palace this weekend goes ahead it'll be the first one under the new restrictions which or guidelines if you like which suggests that any any stadium that houses over ten thousand people has to test it. Is supposed to be testing everyone, and you know I don't see with with all the will in the world how Watford can do that. Let alone clubs higher up the food chain with fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand people coming to their to their games. So I, I just think the level of uncertainty on virtually every aspect of of football at the moment is is making this feel very very precarious. Will supporters feel safe? Going to going to stadiums with the with the with the increase, do players feel safe? Bearing in mind um, how much it seems to be affecting um, players within within football clubs, you know, we, we're talking on Thursday lunchtime, and there's games up and down the pyramid falling foul to this. Almost, you know, every time you look online, there's a there's a new game that's that's gone. Um, so I just think the level of uncertainty at, at this time feels. It almost feels more, perhaps because because Dave Dave articulated there, it's happened quicker, but the level of uncertainty almost feels greater now than it has done at any stage during the pandemic, which is staggering, really, bearing in mind how far on we are along the along the road. I I, I agree with that. Um, there is a, there is a huge amount of uncertainty, but I think it's worth pointing out one clear difference, I suppose, um, between when. Initially, Premier League football was put on hold 
and the situation now is that we know that it can be put on hold and that things can get better and that measures can be put in place. I know that sounds like maybe like a a simple thing to say, but we've already been through it. So I think that there would be less reticence now from the Premier League, for example, or the or the EFL to maybe take that step and maybe think, well, no, we could actually just stop for two weeks, three weeks, and then kick on once again. Obviously, involved in that, there will be financial ramifications because it's a funny, I mean, it's obviously, it's not funny, but it's, it's, the saying is often used, you know, Turkey's voting for Christmas. Football clubs don't necessarily want to say, yeah, we're all on board to to stop stop football because they know that they will lose broadcasting revenue and, and you'll get into that cycle of financial hits again. So there is all that to be thought about. Um, but let's draw it back to, to just, Watford. And just, let's draw just, it on back. That, just on that. Go on, quick, Dave. Yeah, quick, go on. Before we move on to talk about Watford and, and yesterday specifically, because, you know, I think people will want to hear about the you know the uh, sort of precise kind of developments um that happened yesterday but just on this this notion because obviously um Thomas Frank Brentford manager has been talking today in his press conference about he's advocating in public for a circuit break if that's what you want to call it um you know a pause of games across the board to sort of get people allow people to kind of regroup and stuff and i i understand the logic of that and it, it feels something like at face value, you'd think maybe that makes sense. But the problem with that, and I've seen a few people mention this online, is that it kind of feels like a nice solution in theory. But as I just said, these these players, you know, unless they literally quarantine themselves in rooms and don't see another human being, the virus is out there in the country. They've still got families. They're still going to be coming into contact with other human beings who presumably will also need to live their lives. So if there isn't a a countrywide measure in some way, shape or form. It doesn't seem like we're going to get one in the immediate future for, for various reasons. Uh, then I, th- I feel it would be diff. I think you're still probably going to have positive cases left, right and center. So it, it's a really difficult situation. I don't know what the solutions are. And, you know, you know, the people in positions of power and responsibility have got to kind of get their heads around it. But it's, it's, a, it is a really difficult one. And I, you're also completely right to point out the financial situation, as, as we all know, for better or worse, that often takes precedence, doesn't it? Chaps, there is yeah. another element that we must must talk about before we move on, and I'll be, I, I will be brief. But Adam, you talk quite rightly about the the financial implications for the Premier League um, and the broadcast rights and so on and so forth. But what 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 an opportunity this is for the Premier League in the absence of any sort of nationwide leadership for the Premier League and indeed the EFL to take some sort of leadership, take take the lead and also look after their their clubs, look after their product, but also look after us, the supporters, because, you know, we, I didn't go up to Burnley yesterday, but we'll all know people that, that did. We'll all know people that were, will be planning to travel distances on Saturday. It's not, you know, I live local to Watford. It's not, it's not difficult for me to get to Vicarage Road. That's not the case for a whole host of, of other Watford supporters replicate that for for palace fans and then re- replicate that for every other football fan who is now thinking about well can i get to the game is it sensible for me to set off if it is it sensible for me to book a hotel is it sensible for me to take time off is it sensible for me to to book transport is it safe for me to think about going if you've got a family small kids vulnerable parents whatever what an opportunity to think about the actual arguably 
one of the most important, if not the most important sets of stakeholders, and I hate to say that word, but for want of a better phrase, the supporters take some leadership. And whilst, yes, a, a circuit breaker might not be the silver bullet in terms of solving everything, in terms of, you know, what we've discussed, you know, we're all, our heads are in a spin today and we the, the level of uncertainty is such that we don't really know if we're coming or going what an opportunity for the premier league to show you know they like to talk about how they're trailblazers and how they're they're visionaries and how they uh, you know they're, they're really good at what they do well maybe make a statement and, and act in the best interests of, of, of some of the most important people that, that are involved in, in your sport and make a strong stance and a strong decision that, yes, may have ramifications for them financially, may have some issues that they need to um, need to, to iron out. But, but deal with it. Grab the bull by the horns and, and perhaps for once look after the supporters so that we don't have yesterday's situation playing out time and time and time again for people up and down the country at this time of year. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I completely hear what you're saying, Mike. I think that maybe, you know, it's, it's very difficult because, yeah, people are now focusing on the, the fact that clubs can't necessarily fulfil fixtures. Um, and it's sort of almost moved beyond whether fans should be in stadiums in the first place. But that would almost be the, you would think that that would be the first step and that we would maybe, you know, rein it back and, and fans wouldn't be travelling um, like they have done in in some other European countries. You know, they have started to sort of reduce capacities and, and some have gone back to, to completely sort of behind closed doors football. So, yes, I think basically what we have illustrated in the first, what, five or so minutes of this podcast is that there is a lot of confusion um, and there are issues of of whether if games continue to go ahead the whole question of integrity of the competition and all that sort of stuff you know there might be some under 23s that might be listening to the podcast and thinking oh this could be my big chance I might actually get to play for the first team and it might actually be a bonus for them but you know come on we don't want to be in a situation where clubs are literally just trotting out anyone that is available um and, I think I think Marcelo yeah. Bielsa has been talking about that today. He's he's said um, in his latest press conference that he he wouldn't he doesn't like the idea of taking on a team that is uh, severely depleted due to COVID and maybe does have you know a raft of young players or reserve players or whatever in the team or a team shorn of its of its best players and you know I'm sure there'll be some people in football who look at it more ruthlessly than that and will take any opportunity they they could they could get to try and get three points and that's their prerogative but I think in the integrity of the competition is also a factor as well uh, Mike's completely right to point out that pu public health has to be at the top of the priority tree for the, the safety of the fans the safety of the players the safety of the staff the media working at the games the the volunteers who work at games you know we have to think about the bigger picture here of course um, and we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll see things play out over the next well few hours let alone the next few days because you know it does feel that like there could be more games that will go even in the, the time that we recording this podcast and at some point you know the, 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 there will have to be decisions made won't there about about the weekend we can't just keep kind of having this uncertainty on a on an almost hourly basis can we no absolutely not um there is one other thing that i wanted to talk about which was raised by thomas frank as well and this is another sort of complication in terms of clubs or his view that clubs should be more transparent 
And we can refer to Watford's recent game against uh, Brentford on on the Friday night, whereby we already knew that Ivan Tony was out due to COVID. That had been confirmed. Um, And then we learned that um, Ethan Pinnock was also ruled out and that was made public as well. Some clubs haven't been making that public. And this sort of goes back right to the beginning of the pandemic and, and the question of your own sort of personal privacy in terms of medical records and things like that. His argument is that everyone should be more um, transparent and that will then help the decision-making process in terms of, oh, well, they've got seven players missing. He's, you know, they've got five players and all that sort of stuff. The problem is it has to be down to the players. And effectively, if you were to do that, and for sake of argument, let's. this is a completely hypothetical situation. Against Brentford, we know who was fit and who wasn't injured. Whoever then for sake of argument, plays against Crystal Palace, who didn't pick up an injury, by implication, if you've then said five players have got COVID, or six or seven or however many it is, you could then almost chalk them off the fix, the, 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 um, the, um, the team sheet against Crystal Palace and go, oh, well, they must have COVID. So almost by implication, you are then sort of saying, right, well, they have COVID and they may not. Um, and you're then in a very difficult situation. So I don't think it's as easy on on the fir- on on one hand to actually say right well let's just make it all more transparent because you don't have to do that and also and this is something that we can maybe sort of start to dig into we could start to talk about the burnley game and and why it was called off that there isn't a magic number of right well you've got five missing that means that you can definitely you don't have to play you've got seven missing or you've got two missing you still have to play all this sort of stuff each case is being judged on its own merits at the, at the moment. And that makes the situation, I think, untenable, really, because you've then, got, you've almost, it's almost like legal um, precedent, almost, that f- f- let's say hypothetically Leicester and Tottenham would go, well, hang on a minute, well, what happened with Watford and Burnley last night? Oh, well, they had, well, well, fine, well, we'll get ours called off because you've already made that decision on that. So it's the, so Incidentally, that game has just been officially called off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That one, that one is that one is gone. So, yeah, it, I think it's a very, very complicated situation. But let's just try and sort of dig into the situation um, with with Watford and Burnley. And there is a piece on the Athletic currently, which which goes through it in as much detail as possible. And I was able to to work in partnership with with our Burnley correspondent Andy Jones, who could look at it from the Burnley side of things, and then obviously I could look at it from the the Watford side of things, and. From my own point of view, I got a first inkling that something might be brewing at around about 10, 10.30 on on Wednesday morning. However, at that stage, it wasn't enough for the game to be called off. And what I've learned subsequent to, to, to that is that the Premier League were, were determined for the game to, to go on and talks continued all the way up till around about sort of four o'clock before that official decision was made and, you know, stakeholders were told and players were told and things like that. So the aim was for the game to go ahead, even though there had been an initial case, as I understood it, prior to to Watford travelling up. The problem with this whole situation is, especially with away games, and I'll come on to something that someone mentioned to me um, earlier on today. If you are testing every day which they are doing now and you test in the morning 
and then you send off your PCR tests or whatever. Because before they would have been f- testing twice a week. Is that that's exactly that's correct? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So now they're testing they're testing every day, um, and it makes sense to do that. You then fly off. You then land in a hotel. You might actually get your results back that that afternoon or that evening. I, they, some of them might get them instantaneously, but I don't think that that's the case. I think there's still a process that needs to go through for PCR tests because it is more detailed yeah. testing. We and, all know and, that. And they, they obviously have access, you know, the Premier League have access to private PCR yeah. tests that they yeah. can get results back, but they're still not instantaneous like a lateral flow, but they are more reliable than the lateral flows. Exactly. So, so there's always so going to be that lag. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. So the point is that yeah, you can leave with a with a with a, a squad of nineteen or twenty, usually nineteen players, and then by the time you've arrived in that location, you might have actually had to either separate one of them from the group or completely remove them, and then go right. Okay, fine. Well, we could probably parachute one person in but hang on a minute now we've got to test everyone else again and then you might actually lose someone but you won't know whether you've lost someone until those tests have then come back themselves so from Watford's point of view is they already had one person down there was some uh, worries over a couple of others they did another round of testing whilst they were at the the hotel which is not far away from from Turf Moor um, which has a vaccination centre, incidentally, not far around, around the corner from it, I noticed. Um, Turf Moor, that is. And the 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 situation was that they then, they then got another positive test, as I understand it, and that was very late on. So I think that was almost the, the straw that broke the camel's back, to be honest. And they were left in a situation whereby the Premier League then have to refer it to the board, and it's the Premier League that has to decide... So I know that a lot of Watford fans, and I myself as well, when I arrived there, was like, come on, you can't leave it this late. And with no sort of communication out there saying, oh, you know, by the way, it might be off, it might be off. The game, it's like offside or it's like, you know, being pregnant or not pregnant. They use the, you know, you're either offside or you're not offside. And the other thing is... if, if if they if they do say that there's a possibility this game we're looking at this game yes that, and there's a possibility it's going to be off if you've decided that you're going to go to Burnley on a cold December night that's probably not going to stop you anyway because you know you're that way inclined to to make the effort to go the 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 outside possibility of the game not being on you're not you're not going to stop your journey and 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 you're not going to turn around halfway back just in case the game goes on so I, I think you know don't I have absolutely every possible sympathy for everyone that arrived at, at Burnley last night to find out the game was was called off it is the most it's it, you don't need me to try and articulate how frustrating how annoying how costly that is on on virtually every level but also that looking for some sort of perfect resolution to to avoid how it could have happened I just don't think that that exists certainly not at, at the stage we were at yesterday um, because yes they could have said there is a doubt but people will still travel or people will still be a long way far enough down the road just to carry on anyway. Yeah, won't they? It's really difficult, isn't it? You, if you start getting down that road and you say it might be on, it might be off that kind of, it doesn't help really, does it? We need, people need certainty. They need, they need clarity of information. And I, I can completely understand every person that I text and I, and I spoke to or whatever, once, once we found the game was off at five, pretty much to a man and woman, their response was, Really? This late? 
come on, they should have told us a bit earlier, right? And I understand that that's the natural reaction, especially if you've travelled to the game. But from what you've reported, Adam, and what Andy Jones, the Burnley writer, has reported, and from what we kind of understand, that I think you do have to have a degree of sympathy with the clubs and with the Premier League. This is not an easy situation. It's a, it's a situation that, as you've just articulated, can rapidly change. And from what it sounds like, they did call it off pretty much as soon as they... As soon as they as they could have, and they wanted to get the game on, they gave themselves the biggest window of time to get the game on. And the, you know the other complication that the Premier League have got at the moment, and this is really becoming a, a fast becoming an issue for them, is that there is no established benchmark for if you've got this many positive cases. You'd play if you or or, or not because well, Ad, you know, I wanted you to ask on that yeah. because I, I wonder Ad whether part, you know the, the Premier League have been at pains to say they're they're doing everything um, on a case by case basis and like you say Dave they're, they're also saying there isn't a, a a particular threshold so my question is 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 there a sort of and and I think it goes back to the in, integrity of the in, in, integrity of the competition which needs to be important to the Premier League board and I'm sure it is. If, if, for example, there are three cases, but there's three substitutes or one's the second substitute goalkeeper, or whether there's three cases and one is, you know, and, and three of them are, are really, really important players for that particular team, is that weighing in on the, on the Premier League's decision? Because if, if a team takes to the field without three, four, five of its recognised players... And either they're 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 playing for honours, or they're they're in a relegation scrap, or if it's a, an important time for whatever reason, and they're taken to the field without some of their key key performers, is that impacting on on the Premier League's decision? And is that why they're not saying it's a number? It's more of a case by case um, examination. Yes, is the answer that they are they are looking at the at the specifics of of the various cases. Um, and also the key thing is, and I'm not sure if we've already mentioned it, that you know the fact that Watford were away from home makes it make, makes a huge difference. That if the same circumstance had happened and Burnley were visiting Vicarage Road on a Wednesday night and there was an outbreak at Watford, which they knew had sort of started to to um, uh, become a, an issue the day before, then you could plan accordingly and you could then bring in you know your your fringe players i mean also what you have to take into consideration is watford do have a lot of injuries on top of that at the well at the same time so there's no sar there's no cabasele there's no Nkulu, there's no foster you also then have to factor in right we've got a 25 man premier league squad it's not even like they could they could bring in quadwo bar as well he's got an injury too or you know someone that is maybe literally on the fringes of that first team so that will also be taken into consideration. But the, my point being that if you are the home side, you have more chance of being able to scramble and put together a side. So that is part of the part of the process as well. So, yeah, I, I don't know how quickly this is going to gather pace in terms of the clubs in particular wanting um, wanting clarity. Um, especially over this weekend. We'll have to see if, if Thomas Frank's um, very frank words are, are taken on board by the Premier League and that there is some sort of break. I think that they will try desperately not to, not to have that. Um, but it's going to be difficult. It might just be a sort of a, a, 
a mishmash this weekend of yeah these ca- these games can go ahead these games can't we we will just have to see obviously i think it's important now to to focus on the on the crystal palace game because as i understand it and before we we came on to do this podcast i spoke to someone um in the know in terms of you know what what is happening at the, at the club at the moment and and their words to me was that that it is still very much a fluid situation and that the club um, is still sort of working towards the game going ahead. But as we knew, they were also working towards the game against Burnley going ahead. So, you know, if you look at the situation that then led to Burnley being called off, where you have multiple um, positive tests, we we don't know that this is going to severely worsen. We, we're we not in there. We, we, we're we not there for the testing and all that sort of stuff. But at minimum, we'll be without the players that who tested positive the other day, right? Well, by cer- yeah. certainly, yeah. certainly we'll be without them. And it would be and... very surprising if no one else got, very surprising if no one else popped up with one between, exactly. you know, between. And exactly, you, you, you never know. know. They might get you lucky, never know. but you don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you never know. And also that they will have been taking, um, you know, the necessary measures to to avoid positive cases then you know infecting others but as we know it's not necessarily oh right he's positive and he's positive now it could be that you know this this started a week ago and you know symptoms and positive tests are only manifesting themselves now so it's 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 not an exact science as we know so it is a it's a difficult situation and it's one that that's the word at the moment it is fluid so we just have to it, by the time this podcast is out it may well have already been called off we don't know but you know fingers crossed that 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 we can kick on and and i think that everyone ultimately would like football to continue in some form but only only if it is the spectacle that we all want and i don't think i don't think that necessarily has to be with fans it doesn't have to be all or nothing i think that there could be a point where you know, as you were saying earlier on, Mike, that the Premier League needs to take a lead, and maybe yes, we go. Well, hang on a minute. I think fans travelling en masse to other parts of the country and all that sort of stuff at this time is probably not the best thing to do. As Chris Whitty was saying, you know, if if you can avoid some of these things, then that's probably advisable. You know, football is still is still just a game. It is still a social activity, um, and. I suppose it could be deemed as being something that you could probably avoid doing. I don't know. I mean, it's, it is part of all of us and it is, it's part of our worlds and our lives and everything. But it does seem for thousands and thousands of people to be travelling all over the country at this time, maybe a little bit unnecessary. What we can't avoid either, chaps, is that is we have to talk about the football element. And, you know, Watford find themselves in a you know, in a precarious and difficult situation. You know, I'm still personally recovering from from Friday night against Brentford in terms of the, the footballing performance. And I don't want to belittle the, 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 the severity of the situation. As we've said throughout, the most important thing is everybody's health. Anyone in, involved with it, with, with sport, anyone in the country, their, their health is the most important thing. But I think, you know, we are a Watford podcast talking about, it is a football podcast. And I think this whole, the, the most important thing is that the integrity of the competition is is maintained. And 
with with Watford glasses on, that that integrity means that Watford are, are able to to field a, a stronger team as possible and aren't forced, for example, to play games against Crystal Palace. You know, it's arguable to say that they're at the same level that at us at the moment. I think they're significantly better than us, unfortunately, at the moment. But a team that Watford might be expected to get points from, as opposed to say Manchester City or or Chelsea. And they're they're expected to play when they're significantly weaker um, due to this. You know that 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 isn't maintaining the integrity of the of the competition and has very very serious ramifications for for Watford's season. And you know for a team like Watford, whether they get promoted or relegated, as we know, is an extraordinarily big issue that could have ramifications for for years and decades to come. So I think that's important, and we need to. To recognise that as well, you know, Watford find themselves in a very, very sticky situation. They need points in the Premier League, and and to be forced to play or to be expected to play with a with a reduced squad is is problematic, isn't it? And it, it comes at a very difficult time for Watford as a, as a football club. If you're safely ensconced in, we had in, two in mid table, on the bench on Friday, didn't we? Yeah, if you're if you're safely ensconced in mid table, you don't necessarily have to worry about it. If you're Manchester City, where you've got you can you could field three elevens on any given day and still beat most teams in the in the Premier League, it's not not such a big issue. But for teams with smaller squads, it's it's hugely problematic. And who you play at what time? is is impactful so i think there's just so many things to be mindful of and and i don't think it's un un um unjustified for us as watford supporters to also think about what's what's best for the football club not not the priority health is the priority i, I will stress that but you know we're talking on a watford football fans podcast and i don't think it's unreasonable to to to, to think about that either looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... Mm, 
real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is from the Rookery End. Mike, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I was going to kick on and sort of maybe talk about, oh, what would the team look like for Crystal Palace? And, you know, what are we expecting? And we could talk about the knock-on effect from the, the Brentford defeat and things like that. But to be honest, it's not actually worth it at the moment because we don't know who's going to be missing. We know, yes, if the game does go ahead, that there might be key players missing. And I understand that, you know, some of the players that tested positives would be, you know, would be players that you would want to be starting in that in that Watford side. So, it, yes, it, it it would maybe hit us pretty hard. Um, but until we know what's going to happen, it's very difficult to speculate on, you know, what sort of impact it's going to have. And also how the actual outbreak within that Watford squad you know how it how it manifests itself and if if it goes that, that there are more and more and more cases then obviously the game can't go ahead and then you have to start to think about the next game but then also and this is something that we we should also just stick a flag in that okay we've had Burnley called off and that's a that's a midweek game if there's another game that's called off right that's two more to to reorganize it does it does start to sort of squeeze the squeeze the fixture list a little bit and you know what just to, just to put a little bit of a positive spin on it, and I know it's probably a weird time to put a positive spin on this sort of situation. It makes it feel a little bit more like the championship, which is quite fun, isn't it? So you yeah, you do have a you do have a game on a Saturday and a Tuesday a little bit more often, which is something I don't really like in the Premier League. I like I like a bit more Saturday, Tuesday, and, and more games under the lights. But that's by the by. That's all hypothetical at the moment. And look, fingers crossed for you know everyone within that Watford setup at the moment that this doesn't sort of you know, turn into a really bad, bad situation. But also for all the fans out there, you know, listening that will have so many different feelings about what's going on, not only with the football club, but in life as well. It's, it, you know, there are some pretty bleak things going on out there and, you know, it's it's not a particularly nice time. So I, I wish everyone listening very, very well. Um, and to you boys as well. Have you got any 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 positive thoughts to 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 end with or any pearls of wisdom to maybe sort of lift a few heads from a few chins today, Mike? Just look after each other, I think. Be safe, be sensible and, and look after each other. We we know what's most important in this it's life. It's our, it's our friends and colleagues and, and family. Do what you can to keep yourself 
safe, sane, and and as happy as as possible. Look after each other. That's that's it. Nice <laughs> words, Dave. I I completely agree. Nothing further to add. Let's all hope it sorts itself out soon, eh? Yeah, quite right. Look, I know it's been a, a different Thursday edition, and there are plenty of 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 newsy issues that will be dealt with on the Athletic, and they may well pop up, you know, in the next couple of days. And I will obviously be reporting on them. And fingers crossed, the game against Crystal Palace can can go ahead, and Watford can put out a, a competitive side, and things can kick on in in some more sort of normal way. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the Athletic. Uh, do go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end and you can uh, pick up a new subscription there. And yeah, we will be back at some point, whether that's after a Crystal Palace fixture or whatever, we will be back. Don't worry. I know things are a bit weird, but the from, from the rookery end will continue, of course. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you very, very soon. The Athletic.